Social Ventures Australia brings you this podcast from the SVA Quarterly, the leading management publication for the social sector in Australia. Hi, my name's Nick Perini and I'm a principal at SVA Consulting. In this podcast, we reflect on the last 10 years in the sector supporting clients working with people living in disadvantage. The podcast is based on an article written by Malcolm Garrow, Liv Hilton and myself. SVA Consulting is about to enjoy its 10th birthday celebrations and there's much to celebrate. From small beginnings with a team of two consultants, SVA Consulting has now completed 650 projects for over 300 organisations. We have 40 staff, are financially sound and enjoy strong relationships with a range of clients across the social purpose sector service providers, government, philanthropy, and corporates. In line with our mission to work with partners to improve the lives of people in need, we support clients to improve their services and funding strategies. So surely we should be pleased with our achievements. Well, yes, we are pleased, and we look forward to working with more clients to help them increase their impact. However, when we examine persistent disadvantage across the last 10 years, it paints a different picture that highlights an ever-present need. From our experience over the last decade, we've observed the need for more effective allocation and use of resources, with a clear focus on those strategies and interventions that deliver the greatest impact. We believe this requires government, funders and social purpose organisations to do three things. They need to be client-centred, they need to be effectively run and they need to engage in the ecosystem within which they operate. We also believe there is opportunity for wide-scale improvements across each of these areas. So to look at the first category of being client-centred. Client-centred organisations put the lives of beneficiaries at the heart of what they do. They understand the needs, views and experiences of their clients, as well as opportunities to support improved outcomes. An impactful organisation will understand and work to address a social problem that is specific to the local context, recognising the unique role it can play in supporting improved outcomes. Many organisations will claim to be client-centred, and many are just that. However, it's important to go beyond the rhetoric and look for evidence of how the client perspective is incorporated into the decision-making process. One trend is the increasing focus on engaging clients in program design and delivery. This is often referred to as human-centred design. Emerging evidence suggests that involving the client early and iterating often can drive a significant improvement in outcomes. As a process, it helps to ensure that the product or service responds to real needs, early ideas are tested in the real world, and trust and credibility is built with clients. It can also lead to more creative and innovative solutions compared to the traditional top-down approaches. This resonates with our own working perspectives. In one recent case, we worked with Lifeline Australia to design a crisis support service using text messaging. Lifeline wanted to ensure that the client voice was heard and incorporated into the design of this new service. In partnership with THIC, a human-centred design agency, we developed and delivered a rolling series of testing sessions with Lifeline's crisis support workers and people with lived experience of crisis or mental illness. The research provided Lifeline with a rich set of insights into the challenges of their current service offerings, the practicalities of training and supervising their workforce, and the opportunities for future text-based services. The process also encouraged Lifeline to develop ongoing methods and forums targeted at learning from stakeholders. While this type of approach may seem like common sense, 
it's by no means commonplace. In the disability sector, for example, several organisations we've worked with claiming to value the client voice have had no one with lived experience of disability on their board, nor as voting members, nor providing input through a client advisory group. In fact, even client surveys have been completed only every two to three years. Despite the best of intentions and a dedicated staff, it's been very difficult to see evidence of the client voice when major decisions were being made. So, to the second category of being effectively run. While an impactful organisation needs to be client-centred, it also needs to be effectively run. From our perspective, this encompasses being effective in how an organisation plans, delivers and learns. To this end, we think there are three questions all organisations should strive to answer. Firstly, can you define your purpose and how you will achieve the desired change? Second, can you demonstrate that you are achieving improved outcomes for your target clients? And third, are you achieving those outcomes at least as efficiently as others addressing the same issue for the same population? These are all hard questions to answer, but we think every organisation should have a clear view of their position against each. So, answering the first question, can you define your purpose and how will you achieve the desired change? Well, this requires having an organisation plan or strategy with clearly defined goals, activities and measurable outcomes. Many of our clients need help in defining and agreeing on these initial elements, with broad perspectives on the social problem and opportunity often derailing good intentions. As one client noted, without a clear plan and focus, we're constantly at risk of being lured in by the funding opportunity rather than where we could have the most impact. One issue we often diagnose is infinite need paralysis, where organisations find it difficult to decide who to support given the increasing needs and issues in the community. Our observation is that without a deliberate choice, many organisations are forever debating the point, expanding haphazardly, confusing the team and missing the opportunity to build specialised skills and capabilities. To answer the second question then, can you demonstrate that you're achieving improved outcomes for your clients? This involves organisations to intentionally and thoughtfully track performance, an activity we define as outcomes management. Adopting a focus on tracking outcomes and using outcomes information to inform decision making is recognised as an important discipline for organisations to deliver improved services. It's also a response to heightened community expectations that services measure and demonstrate their performance in terms of effectiveness. Over a number of years, SVA Consulting has worked with New Zealand-based organisation Waipereira to support them to build an outcomes management strategy that measures what really matters for Maori families in West Auckland. This has involved working with key personnel across the organisation to develop the theory of change as well as to define the measures and data to be collected to track performance over time. Such focused effort has enabled them to understand the change supported through their activities and direct resources and investments to those areas making the most impact. Ideally, outcomes management should include a focus on defining the effect created through a program or intervention. While we recognise this can often be difficult and costly task with limited data available, Failing to understand whether the program or intervention is having any real impact can mean scarce resources are misallocated. Through our work supporting organisations in this area, we often see executional gaps that mean aspirations to manage outcomes are not being realised. Key drivers of performance include strong commitment from leadership to change, 
allocation of dedicated resources and commitment to performance management and continuous improvement. The third question in this area, are you achieving those outcomes at least as efficiently as others addressing the same issue for the same population, is a harder one to answer. Once organisations measure outcomes, they should seek to compare performance to learn and improve. This should include comparison of outcomes and costs to build understandings about effectiveness and efficiency. Importantly, while comparison data may be limited, we believe there is a need and opportunity for organisations to share more information about performance and costs to build the collective knowledge about what works. Social boards should play a role in this process, but unfortunately most do not appreciate it. In the for-profit sector, beyond company boards, there are multiple actors in the ecosystem that drive the improvement of organisations that are not maximising shareholder returns. This includes activist shareholders, acquisitive competitors, industry analysts and private equity funds. In the social purpose sector, the actors driving improvement include government and philanthropic funders and beneficiary and industry advocacy organisations. However, in general they do not operate with the same level of resources, information or focus on low performing organisations that their for-profit equivalents enjoy. Consequently, it's incumbent on boards to assume a disruptive posture and challenge management. And, if an organisation cannot close the performance gap to others addressing the same issue, the board may need to be willing to transfer resources to those who are doing a better job. Finally, funders, both government and philanthropic, have a critical role to play in influencing and incentivising optimal behaviours. Funders are already helping to drive this change by funding organisations based on the outcomes they achieve. This has started, but has a long way to go. As important, funders can also help accelerate this process by influencing organisations to develop plans that have a clarity of purpose and include the outcomes they hope to achieve, articulating how they will achieve that purpose and a framework and process for measuring progress against outcomes. So looking at the third and final category, understanding and engaging with the ecosystem. Alongside being client-centred and effectively run, an impactful organisation will have a deep understanding of the ecosystem within which they operate and have a view on whether it's working effectively to support improved outcomes for people living in disadvantage. From our work and experience, we believe all organisations should be aware of the other actors in the ecosystem and their respective roles and responsibilities. In so doing, organisations will be able to understand their unique contribution and identify what, if any, opportunity there may be for collaboration. In 2012, Movember engaged SVA Consulting to contribute to the development of a strategic plan to improve health outcomes for men with prostate cancer. Movember knew that to have more impact, they needed to address the whole system and that meant bringing all parties along on the journey. Everyone needed to share the same perspective on what needed to be achieved and, some at least, had to be galvanised to change the system. Supporting Movember, we mapped the ecosystem of players and engaged with representatives of every group and profession in the field to start to define the health outcomes that mattered for people with personal experience of prostate cancer, to come to a shared vision and understanding of what everyone wanted to achieve. The team also worked with the players to identify the initiatives that would have the greatest impact on those outcomes and based on individual organisations, resources and capabilities, who was best to deliver on them. A few years on, as a result of skillful planning, engagement and facilitation, 
These groups are all working together to deliver the results that they all want to see. In parallel to this working in the ecosystem, organisations should also consider whether the ecosystem itself needs incremental change to improve client outcomes or something more transformational. Driving such change is hard. It requires planning, collaboration and compromise to move forward. But the good news is that even transformative change is possible. The agreement to establish the NDIS provides a recent example of a social reform that is expected to change the way in which disability services are delivered and accessed. Importantly, it's also expected to deliver improved outcomes for people with disability. As is well documented, the scheme was developed via years of hard work and action by many across the sector. It's in this context and the process that should really be considered as others look to potential transformation within their own ecosystems. So to conclude, as we look to the future, we want to be bold and we want to push for improvements for those most disadvantaged in Australia. To support this ambition, we've recently documented our learnings into an evidence-based framework we call the SVA Fundamentals for Impact. This will guide us and other organisations as we work with organisations addressing really complex issues. In the coming months, we look forward to sharing this with others in the sector. Notably, in Australia, we do have the economic resources, the societal goodwill and the talent to dare to dream that we can make a step change reduction in disadvantage. People in need deserve nothing less. Related podcasts and articles can be found on the SVA Quarterly site, www.socialventures.com.au forward slash SVA hyphen quarterly forward slash.